I'm Tabitha. And I'm Brandy. And, and welcome, welcome to Clean Talk. Okay, so for our first guest, we have one of our instructors, which is Officer Barry. So, Officer Barry, if you could please, you know, like introduce yourself and explain what you do and how that goes for you. Well, I'm Officer Barry, as they said. Um, <clears throat> I'm currently an instructor here for the Criminal Justice Program, uh, one of two instructors. Prior to taking this instructor position, uh, I spent uh, roughly 16 years uh, in the field of law enforcement, specifically in uh, probation. Uh, I've worked in uh, juvenile corrections. I went from juvenile corrections to working in juvenile probation. I went from juvenile probation to working uh, in adult probation. So essentially what probation is and what it encompasses is it's uh, community corrections. So uh, the court will place someone on probation either prior to uh, being sentenced or post sentence. So after their sentence or after their release from prison. They will be supervised for a period of one to five years. Uh, they will be assigned a probation officer who will check in with them regularly. Uh, and during that time, they'll have to abide by the conditions that the, the court imposes on them. So the court will set out, you know, what they can and cannot do, uh, how much money they have to pay, if there's victims, all that. Uh, and then the probation officer is responsible for uh, watching over that person and making sure that they contact them, uh, making sure that they're they're making their payments, making sure that they're you know abiding by the law. It's a lot of home checks, a lot of random encounters with the people as well as office encounters. Uh, I also uh, spent six years uh, in the military as military police, uh, so uh, that was actually at the the right after high school and even into the beginning of my career in law enforcement because I was in the Army National Guard. And, I was deployed uh, a few times in there, um, so you know jobs got put on hold and all that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, part of the U.S. Uh, Marshals Violent Fugitive Task Force. That was a great opportunity that I really enjoyed. So that you know really gave me a different perspective and gave me uh, a different lane to work in as a probation officer. A lot of probation officers are kind of soaked up by that unit uh, for the U.S. Marshals because we we don't have restrictions on search and seizure of our people and a lot of the people that they're looking for with warrants uh, are people on probation. So it gives them, you know, more liberty to, to operate, so. All right, so for our second guest, which is our second instructor, which is Officer Stone. So Stone, the same question goes to you, what you do now compared to like what you did before and just how everything's going. All right, my name is Michael Stone. I'm the second criminal justice instructor here at MCCC. Um, I am also, as of recently, a Medina County Sheriff's Office Deputy, just like Deputy Snyder. Um, and I've been in law enforcement for 17 plus years. Uh, I spent most of my career with the Montville Township Police Department, and before that, um, United States Army, and then a high school criminal justice program, just like this one, and another school. Um, during my career, between the Army, well, security, the Army, and police work. I've done security for the RNC, um, VIPs, celebrity protection, uh, U.S. Marshals, Violent Fugitive Task Force, Axe Investigation, uh, baton, taser, pepper spray instruction, multiple topics for OPADA, which is the Ohio Peace Officers Training Association. I'm a commander for the academy there as well. Uh, which we hopefully get ours off the ground here very soon now that this COVID stuff is hopefully coming to an end. Uh, just kind of general patrolman, officer, been around doing a lot of the basic stuff and trying to share that with all of our students here. 
Mungkin Okay, so our first question would be how would Officer Stone, how would you say that your life is different from someone that's not in law enforcement? Um, I think there's a few ways. One of which is most people have a job or even a career and when they're off duty, they're off duty. Whereas for us, it's not a job, it's not a career, it is a lifestyle and we are on duty 24-7, um, rather the phone can ring, get called in, or when I'm out at Walmart and um, something happens around me, I have a duty to respond. Plus, someone may recognize us from uh, an arrest we had on them or something like that, and when they see us out in the environment, you know, without our duty gear on, they feel like they can challenge us, which is particularly scary when you have your family with you. So that's one way that's different is people can see us out in the community and try to attack us. And that's not gonna happen to the guy who works at Midas. And that's not gonna happen to the manager at Walmart usually and things like that. Um, plus I would say, uh, well actually, I'll stop there. So yeah, I'm sure Barry has something to talk about. Okay, same question towards <clears throat> I think this, uh, this career definitely gives you a different perspective on uh, life. It is, it is definitely a lifestyle, uh, piggybacking on what Officer Stone said. But uh, I think that the things that, that we see, the things that we learn both, you know, through our education in this field, but also through the education of life and through the career and the things that we have to deal with out in the field, I think those change who we are as a person. Uh, I think that we tend to see life through a very different lens. Uh, when you leave your when you leave your family at home and you go out and hopes that you come back home and not you know some guarantee like you would have in a lot of other jobs, I think that's just a different lens. You know, saying uh, saying good night or goodbye to your kids and then you know not knowing whether you're coming home at the end of the shift uh, definitely gives a different perspective of life. Uh, also, seeing how human beings will treat each other uh, and they're in their worst ways and then worst situations really gives you a different perspective that normal people don't see. And honestly, normal people probably shouldn't see that. And it does change you as a person. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I think that that perspective often, you know, really uh, makes us stronger individuals, but certainly gives us that, that different perspective in life that, you know, we can pass on to, to our kids. And now, of course, us as instructors are fortunate enough to pass it on to students and to another generation, so. Yeah. Think about it, someone else has a bad day at work, uh, maybe you made your boss angry, maybe uh, maybe you messed up a shipment. I mean, for us, it's seriously, you know, looking at a dead kid, it's looking at trying to resuscitate grandpa in front of the family. That's a bad day at work. It's, wow, I got in a fight and got my, butt kicked and I'm lucky to be alive, you know, or like Gary said, maybe you don't come home. I don't think most people deal with that. Yeah. And I think that uh, maybe they should consider that stuff more often. Yeah. And now a few words from our sponsor. So now that we know what both of your guys' jobs uh, entails, 
how would you guys say your job differs? Even though you guys are both from law enforcement, both deal with um, like criminals or subjects, whatever you would like to call them, how would you guys say that it like, differs? Well, there are three major components for law enforcement, or we should say the criminal justice system, excuse me. And it is law enforcement, which establishes and builds the case, conducts the investigation, and takes all this information and sends it to the courts. The courts is the second component. They hear the case and measure guilt or innocence. And the third component is corrections, which includes um, probation, parole, supervision, obviously all that involved in it. So going with those three major components of the criminal justice system, I would be the first part, which is law enforcement and building the case and conducting the investigations. Then you have the courts, then you have corrections. And Barry, I, I think, yeah, uh, definitely a great way to explain it. Um, I think jokingly, we've said many times, uh, it starts with Stone and ends with Barry. <laughs> so, you know, Officer Stone uh, being the law enforcement officer who makes initial contact, he's going to conduct his investigation. He's going to bring charges on that person. That person's going to be uh, either initially brought to jail or essentially brought to jail at some point, uh, at which point in time they'll go through the court process. During the court process, they can be placed on probation and get involved with the courts. Then after uh, they're convicted, they're definitely placed on probation, whether that's uh, in lieu of uh, going to prison or whether that's uh, after prison. Typically, probation uh, is uh, county run, but it can also be run state run. So the state will maintain jurisdiction of anyone who's released, released from prison. That would be called parole. Whereas uh, probation uh, can be either after prison or before prison. It's just something that's run by the county under the jurisdiction of the judge. So uh, the difference there would be um, he's starting the whole process and he gets the whole ball rolling. He enters the person into the system. And then as that person travels through the system, they end up coming to me uh, in the, the probation side of things, whether that's in lieu of prison or after prison. So. If they're found guilty. If they're found guilty. If they're innocent, they exit the criminal justice system at that point. The interesting part about that too, yeah, is that even if they are found not guilty and they are cut loose, they can still be involved with uh, community corrections and still be on probation during the process of court. It would be pretrial supervision. Some different rules involved there, but it's just the, the court making sure they're, they're abiding by some of the court sanctions during the process of court. But then we've had many times where people would be on pretrial supervision and I think a lot of people assume, oh, they're guilty and then they come back with a not guilty verdict and then they walk out of court and they're done. You know, that's it. And the, 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 the buck stops there really, so. Okay. So how would you say that your jobs are the same? In what aspect, like the way that you communicate with people, the way you guys, like same mindset, how would you guys say it's the same? Um, well, we're both law enforcement officers. Uh, the, the difference would be jurisdiction uh, there, but we're both law enforcement officers. My, my jurisdiction and my power comes from the judge. Uh, that specifically comes from the court. So his jurisdiction and power comes from the state of Ohio. So he has jurisdiction over everybody in the state and even beyond in some instances. I only have jurisdiction over people placed uh, on with the court or on probation. Those are the only people I can arrest. Um, you know, unless I'm operating with the U.S. Marshals Task Force or under some other orders. <clears throat> but the job is essentially the same, where we're going to be making contact with people, we're going to be making arrests, the search and seizures. Um, I may have a little bit more liberty on search and seizures because of different rules, but we're still searching the person the same way. 
We're still searching the houses the same way. We're still communicating with people and the professionalism is the same and the, the integrity is the same. So a lot of the day-to-day -day operations are are the same. You know, it's that law enforcement, you know, job. Yeah, uh, these are great questions. Um, like Barry said, similar in regards to you have to be able to talk to people, you have to be able to search people, you have to be able to do things as tactically sound as best you can so you don't get hurt. There's no guarantees, of course. But the actual um, putting the work in, we're kind of where the road meets the road, dealing with people every day um, is going to be very similar. Uh, one other aspect that I think would be a little bit different is, um, again, I'm uniformed and it's, it's, you know, something that comes with the job. It'd be a lot more fun to wear what I wear here at the school every day on duty. Um, but again, just being a part of that uniform and it's, it, it is hard to move around. It's not always the most tactical choice, of course, all of our reflective buttons and everything else, but it really is, uh, the one thing that would, I guess would be slightly different and they'll probably vary maybe however each court sets it up, I'm not really sure, but I mean, just being uniform does take some things away from us, but it also adds some things such as being highly recognizable with, uh, you know, children and such as the uniform people, but uh, very similar, all the tactics and stuff that we do, everything's gonna be pretty much the exact same. Um, like Barry said, searching is probably the only thing where it gets a little bit different, but it's the same searching technique. So it really is very similar. that I can think of right now is what exactly got you guys to want to teach criminal justice? <clears throat> so whichever one of you guys want to start first. Um, for me, uh, when I was going through a two-year high school program, just like we teach here, uh, my instructor, Mr. Train, was a phenomenal instructor. He's like a dad to me. Really kind of saved my life. I have always said that. Um, he's always saved my life. I could have been uh, so much uh, worse than I am now. <laughs> And then going in the military and I become a veteran soldier and I become a sergeant and I'm a squad leader and put in a leadership position. And we have all these 18 year olds coming in and you're training them and mentoring them. And it was really enjoyable and rewarding to see them learning how to do it instead of always picking on them for being the new guy, which we still did. And then um, I had the opportunity while working at Montreal PD to provide security at my old school. So I was kind of operating like an SRO, a security aide at my school and again working with this age group and really mentoring them and talking to them um, it really did uh, show me how much I enjoyed the mentoring teaching and leadership role and that just took me down this path plus becoming an instructor for police departments and police techniques where I really enjoyed teaching and mentoring and that's kind of what took me here is um, again I teach the program that had the biggest influence on my life when I was growing up. So it's a pretty cool full circle for me. I love his story. Uh, I, I I think it's cool that, you know, he started out in a program like this and then ended up teaching a program like this. It's so neat. Uh, for me, uh, I, I had some opportunities along the way to do some teaching, um, to, to teach in the Army. I did a lot of classes. I thought it was fun. It's something I enjoyed. Uh, as, as I started picking up my, my degrees and, and getting more college work in, uh, I decided you know, it'd be kind of cool to, to see what it was like to teach at the college level. Uh, I started teaching at the college level and loved it. I thought it was really fun to be able to, to teach something that I'm so passionate about. I love the field of law enforcement and criminal justice. It's, it's something that I, I've made my career and my life you know, since I got out of high school. And 
So naturally something I'm that passionate about. Uh, it was something that I enjoyed talking about and something I enjoyed teaching it to others. And as I was able to continue to pick up those skills and to pick up education and I got, you know, more experience, I gained more experience both, you know, working, but also in the classroom, uh, it became more and more fun to see, to pass that information along to other people and see them soak that in. And then getting the opportunity to, to teach in the, uh, the academy settings at the high school level uh, really just changed the game for me. And being able to work with high school students was 10 times or more uh, fun than working with college students because it, they just, they really soaked it in and they really enjoyed it and they really got the most out of the instruction. So um, that, that once I got a taste of it, that was it. I, I couldn't get enough of it. So that's... I thought what's better than, you know, what's better than working in the, the field I love than being able to teach it for the rest of my life. And the, I, I jokingly have always said, you know, there's going to be a time where I'm going to be too old to, you know, jump fences and chase people through backyards. <laughs> uh, you know, you can only kick doors in for so long before, you know, you, you got to hang that up. And this is something that I can do uh, for a lot longer and something that's, you know, even more rewarding for me. All right. So as we're closing this up, is there anything that you guys have to say for the young people out there, whether they're in their 20s or younger? So something that you would want them to know. something you want them to know getting into either one of the fields. Uh, same thing we tell our students all the time. You would never choose this job. Um, it's it's a very rough job. Of course, the media and uh, politicians are treating us worse than ever. Uh, society now feels enabled to put teach, uh, to treat us worse than ever. Um, you would never choose this job. If you just cared about helping people or whatever, you'd go become a fireman, everybody loves you. But this job, I think it really is more of a calling. If it's something that you know you're always gonna do, it's something you always wanted to do, doesn't matter how bad it is, you know it's what you're gonna do. It's your sense of duty. You feel like this is your duty to do this. And our students have heard us say this plenty of times, it really is what drives you. So to get what gets me out of bed every morning is someone has to train these kids. Someone has to train our reinforcements because we're going to be the old broken guys who can't do it anymore or getting our butts kicked on the side of the road. They're going to have to show up and back us up. So you got to train your own reinforcements, which is, of course, a huge responsibility and a, a huge opportunity as well. And that's what gets me out of the morning because someone just asked me, I would tell everybody, go do something else. Go do something else. If it's a choice, go do something else. But that's just it. I know if they're anything like me and probably like Barry and every single one of us in this job, you don't go and do something else. It's not a choice, it's what you do. So that's kind of how I view it, and that's kind of where I'm at. I heard it said one time uh, that out of 100 people, uh, and, and they were referencing you know, battle, you know, uh, battle and, and war out of 100 people, that 70 to 80 people uh, out of that 100 people you know, are, are just there and shouldn't even be there really. Uh, and then, you know, maybe 10 or so people are true warriors and they're they're gonna fight and they're they're there to carry the rest and to do most of the work but there's really only out of that hundred one one true true warrior uh the one who's meant to be there and that person who's made for that uh situation and i feel like that's what law enforcement is i feel like you know out of 100 people there might just be one person that's truly meant to be there and that that's really what they're supposed to do in life uh, and and everybody has to make that choice for themselves and i think officer stone said it so well 
it is a calling and it is not a choice. Uh, it is a calling and you can't shake it. It's what you do. Uh, helping people and serving other people is not normal. I don't think. And that is our first episode of Clean Talk. Thank you for listening and come back for more. I'm Brandy. And I'm Tabitha. And this is Clean Talk. Thank <laughs> you.